Today's reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, and then 37 through 39. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Andy, for reading our scripture this morning. I think you get extra points when you read on Pentecost Sunday for all that you get to pronounce. My name's Emily. If we haven't had a chance to meet, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so impressed with our praise band this morning. Uh, What a wonderful way to begin worship this day. Would you join me in thanking them? Today we wrap up a sermon series we've been in for a number of weeks. We've been looking at some of those complicated relationships we have, maybe not so much with Jesus or with God, but with all the other parts and pieces that come with it. Church, Christians, some of the questions we have about institution, that kind of thing. We've lifted up a number of statements in the series These are the questions, the statements that we've lifted. I like Jesus, but I don't know if Jesus likes me. I don't like what Jesus said. I don't like Christians. I'm tired. I don't like church. And today we conclude this series with, I like Jesus, but I don't know what to do about it. Why have we been doing this different kind of sermon series? Two reasons. One, to increase our authenticity in discipleship. 
Thousands of people walk away from churches every year, not because of who Jesus is, more likely because of who Christians are, or because of what a church experience is like. The second thing, we want to intentionally build relationships out in the community to live out God's love there. Because what if we could live out our faith in ways that would make people want to move toward church instead of away from it? We learned a statistic in this sermon series that over 73% of people in Stafford County do not have a connection to a church or tried it and are done with church. So, what if we could build intentional relationships, real relationships with real people out in the community to live out God's love there and make an impact? Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we stand humbly before you today and lift up grateful hearts knowing that all we've got to give you is that. Sometimes that's a hallelujah, Lord, and sometimes it doesn't feel like it's enough. Lord, we say thank you today for who you are and what you are about, for your presence and love with us. As we pray today, come Holy Spirit, come. All of this we lift to you, asking that you would help to make us more and more like Jesus, more and more authentic as followers of Jesus. All of this we pray in his name. Amen and amen. This story is a crazy story. So buckle up. God is good at these. For starters, it's a holiday weekend. Like any other year, Pentecost, like Memorial Day, rolls around on the calendar. And people observe it in the way they normally do. They travel to Jerusalem from every known place in the ancient world. Scripture says from every nation under heaven. Streets crowded, jam-packed, vendors everywhere. People are speaking different languages from different nations, different cultures, different stories, different backgrounds. Not a melting pot. Think more like gumbo. (laughs) Think uh, New York Times Square. Think D.C. on a crowded holiday weekend when you can't even see the sidewalks and there is nowhere left to park. So many people. This holiday of Pentecost got its start as an annual Jewish agricultural festival that was called the Feast of Weeks. And people would gather together to thank God for the early harvest. Somewhere along the way, it morphed into a celebration 50 days, that's where we get Pentecost, 50 days after Passover to celebrate receiving Torah on Mount Sinai. And eventually, we know it as the celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit 50 days after Easter, but we're not there yet. The disciples are not expecting what happens that day. They were there to celebrate Pentecost too with everybody else. 
before this happens, they've been sulking some, hiding some, praying some. They had believed in, put their whole trust and hope in Jesus, and he had gotten himself killed. They weren't sure what to do with that. Then he was resurrected. They weren't sure what to do with that. Then Jesus came back and told them that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on them, made evident, and they didn't know what to do with that. And they didn't know how or when it would come. But on this day, some 2,000 years ago, that is exactly what happened. Holy Spirit poured out, made evident, and they hardly knew how to describe the Holy Spirit doing its Holy Spirit thing. How do you put words to the crazy movement of God? They said it was like the loud sound of a rushing wind blowing a gale from out of nowhere. It knocked them off their feet. They said it was like fire put into pieces and spreading between them, growing everywhere. It's why we have a fire pot today in the sanctuary. That's a symbol, a sign of the Holy Spirit. And red is the color associated with Pentecost for that same reason. They said it was like tongues on their heads, putting words in their mouths. They were empowered to speak in words and languages. They didn't know all the languages of all the people, that mass of a crowd who had gathered for Pentecost. Can you imagine this experience? Both for the disciples and for those out-of-towners, what's going on? Suddenly you hear somebody you don't know speaking your mother tongue, speaking your language, talking your talk like they're talking right to you. Think one service member bumping into another service member out somewhere else and they understand each other's multiple military acronyms. Oh, and all the jargon. And they instantly connect. Woo, it's like you're speaking my language. And they could talk all day. And tell stories about all they've experienced together. Or think you're traveling out of the country. Maybe you're in Germany and your brain has been working overtime all day to make sense of German words on German posters and German media and German language. And you hear across the way someone speaking English. And you think, oh, whew, it's like a glass of sweet iced tea on a hot day. And all of a sudden, someone will get me. (laughs) Someone will understand. And you make a beeline for the voice. The people from Jerusalem and all these nations weren't sure what to make of all this. Somebody talking their talk. They said, wait a minute, aren't all these people from Galilee, these disciples... How do they know how to speak to me? How do they know my language? Some wrote it off. (laughs) Said they're drunk. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen many people who get drunk and speak fluently in much of any language. (laughs) But then Peter, one of the more outspoken disciples... 
stands up and tells the crowd that he and the disciples are not drunk. Great start to a sermon. (laughs) We're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning, he says. And then he starts to tell them about Jesus, about who he is, what he's about, how he was killed and why. And how he was then freed from that death. And the crowd then says, if this is so, what should we do? Great question. That's our statement for today, isn't it? I like Jesus, but I don't know what to do about it. Peter tells them, repent. In other words, make a turn toward this Jesus, toward God, toward this crazy Holy Spirit, which is much with as much of your heart as you can give God right now, whatever that is, and grow. Be baptized, he said, which marks us as God's own, sin forgiven, washed away in the water, and we can receive this crazy Holy Spirit who calls us to live in God's love and helps us do it in authentic ways, in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, which Scripture says are the marks that the Holy Spirit's around and the Holy Spirit's inside of us. And Peter says that all of these promises I've just shared are for you and your children and for everyone here on these crowded streets and everyone far away. And many of the people listening that day respond. And the church is born in that moment. Pentecost becomes the birthday of the church. And these followers who've responded start to live out faith together with the disciples. And it's beautiful. Acts 2 says they were united as one, which is a mark of the Trinity. They were sharing food and whatever they had, worshiping together, eating together, including everyone, praying and more. Verse 47 says they came together for the common good, the goodwill of all. In service and in love, it was beautiful. What do we learn from this crazy story? We learn God will do most anything to connect with us. Meet us when we're traveling. Meet us on holiday. Meet us in a crowd. Meet us when we're not thinking about spiritual things. God works through the disciples that day in a way to meet people, make a connection with people in a way that makes sense to them. Talk in their language, talk in their talk. Have you ever felt like God's talking right to you? It's that. We learn that most, well, A lot of people respond to God's love, but not everyone will. Not that day. Not that moment. Maybe another time. We learn that God helps people to find their voice. 
empowers them when they feel stuck and uncertain and don't know what to do next. The disciples are in that stuck, uncertain. They don't know where to go next, what to do. And Jesus tells them in Acts 1 verse 8 that they will be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. And sends the Holy Spirit to jumpstart that and get things moving again. We also learn what church can look like. The end of Acts 2 describes it. People united, giving whatever they can, selling possessions to help the poor, praying, eating together, making sure everyone has food, sitting at the tables together, worshiping as one for the good of all, it says. For the good of all. And we learn that God is crazy (laughs) in good and holy ways. Flings the barn doors wide open to the promises of God. To anyone on that crowded street. Breaking open church to people from all over. It's like Revelation 7-9. All. What we learn in this crazy Pentecost story is still true. Today. So what do we do with it? Bishop Will Willimon says the Holy Spirit is like God going local. I like that. God going local. It's a bit of what we've been trying to do with we are praying for you. It's a bit of what we've been trying to do in making an impact outside these walls in the community with the love and grace of God. That's good news. We open the story of God here. Go local wherever we are. The Holy Spirit is God working with us, in us, through us, where we work, where we live, where we go to school, where we go to ball games in the summer where we go to swim making connections with others as they are in every way that God makes possible empowering us to be living witnesses of God's love and grace even when we celebrate a holiday the statement today I like Jesus but I don't know what to do about it has two sides to it. One side is someone wanting to share Jesus with somebody else. I like Jesus, but I don't know what to do with it. I want to share it. And the other side is I like Jesus, but I don't know what to do about it. I want to respond to it somehow. And it's new to me. And I've never done that before. Or it was a really long time ago. And I want to know more. On the first side, if we want to share Jesus with someone, we ask for the crazy Holy Spirit's help. We make ourselves available. We ask, how do you put grace and love in words that will make sense to somebody else? In words that will feel like God's talking right to them. And someone would think, oh my goodness, you're speaking my language. We make a beeline for the voice. Because here's the question. 
we've talked about how over 73% of people in the county don't have a connection with church or are done with it. Do the 73% matter? I can answer that question. The pastors together can answer that question. That's not enough. That's three people. The whole church needs to answer that question. Do the 73% matter? And if they do, it changes things. Church is not a club. (laughs) Let's meet our needs. What are we doing We're meant to go out into the community. It changes the questions, right? Because then the question's not just, what do our children need? What do the children of the 73% need? And how do we find that out? And it's not only what kinds of relationships and groups do we need inside the church. What kind of relationships and groups do people need in the 73%? And I say that number, but you realize it's people. That's real people. And then we start to ask, well, what are their needs and hopes and fears and concerns? What keeps them up at night? If we don't know, we need to. And how do we find that out? And so we ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us, help us live out faith authentically in this community in ways that make a difference. And don't scare people off, but invite them in like that warm fire. And on the other side, if you're trying to decide what to do with Jesus, you are not alone. A lot of us don't know what to do with Jesus sometimes. But maybe he's sounding pretty interesting Maybe you've heard recently someone speaking your language right to you. And you want to respond. And you're ready to say, tell me more. Or I want to be baptized. I want to give to God as much of my heart as I can right now in this moment. And I want to grow. Maybe you want to join a small group. Maybe you want to serve in missions. Maybe you want to make a difference here in this community. Or learn about prayer. Well, welcome to faith. The pastors, we'd love to talk with you about it. Or maybe you're in a different place this morning and it's a swirl of questions going on in your mind. That is good. Welcome to faith. Faith is often a swirl of questions. And pastors, we'd love to make safe space to wrestle with you. Or maybe you're in a different place this morning. Maybe... You feel all elbows and awkward. That's good too. Singing these songs, wondering what those words really mean. Maybe some of them sound strange in our mouths. We want an on-ramp maybe to test the waters a little bit. That is beautiful. And here are some places to start. Worship when you can. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to share one with you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are great places to start. Read a little bit. Talk to God. Listen to God in everyday words. Try it out. That's what we call prayer. It's a relationship. It starts somewhere. And there's some great devotional apps that uh, you'd have on your phone. Pastor Donovan and I talked this week about some of our favorites. Everyday Sanctuary. Pray as you go. 
D365, D is in dog, 365, the Bible app. Those are great places to start. And the pastors would love to talk with you about that too. Our goals with this series have been increasing our authenticity as disciples in the community and to build relationships, intentional relationships in the community to make a difference in the grace and love of God out there so that people are drawn toward God, toward Christ, toward that warmth of the Holy Spirit and not pushed away. How are we doing with that? You know, many of those who responded to Peter's message in Acts 2 made a change. They went from, I like Jesus, but, to, I like Jesus, and, tell me more. And the Christian church was born and grew. May we be an Acts 2 church like that. (laughs) I would love for God to do something crazy again. How about you? Amen? Amen. God might say, be careful what you pray for. Um, (laughs) Why not here? Why not at Ebenezer? Why not with our motley bunch? (laughs) Why not with us? Calm, Holy Spirit, calm. Do your crazy thing. Lord, oh, to be part of it. Amen. And amen.